Oral questions by members? Member for Surrey South. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The crisis of violence, random attacks, social chaos and disorder on our streets continues with more victims every day. Yesterday, we learned of a woman who was robbed and sexually assaulted just blocks from this very legislature. But this woman wasn't alone. Innocent people, frontline workers and police officers are facing barbaric attacks every single day. This week, an RCMP officer was murdered in the line of duty, and now we've learned that her accused attacker had a history of being arrested and charged with assault. He was arrested last year and charged with the assault and then resisting of a police officer and then released. This March, he was again arrested and charged with assault and again released. On Monday, a warrant was issued for his arrest when he failed to show up for court. And at the time of the fatal stabbing, he was on conditions not allowed to possess any weapons. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. The soon-to-be Premier's catch-and-release program has failed. How many more people? How many more people have to be assaulted, victimized, or even die in our province at the hands of violent offenders before this government will take action? Minister for Public Safety. Thank you. Uh um, Honourable Speaker, and I thank the, uh, the member for that question. Um, all of us in this House take the matters of public safety incredibly seriously. And that is why, Honourable Speaker, we have been working both at the local level, the provincial level, with our police institutions, on changes that they want to see that will make their work more effective and more better. That's why, as I pointed out yesterday, the number of in initiatives that have been undertaken to do just that. We also know that there have to be changes to the criminal code. Because when changes are made to the criminal code in how the police do their duty, how they enforce the laws, and how those changes come about sometimes because of case law at the Supreme Court, those are in the jurisdiction of the federal government. It's why we have been aggressive with the federal government in terms of the need for change on some of those areas. It's why the Attorney General and myself in Halifax, along with Attorney Generals and Minister of Justices from other provinces right across this country who are dealing with similar situations, have said there has to be urgent changes done. We are working to do that. At the same time, we are putting in place those initiatives identified in the Lepard butler report that can do what police are wanting, the restoration of the program, the prolific offender management program, is a key priority. From the mental health side, how to deal with the mental health issues that we are more and more police are more and more seeing on the streets, peer-assisted PAC teams, number one recommendation that they want to see in place. Honourable Speaker, we are working as hard and as diligently as we can to ensure that we are keeping the streets and communities of this province safe. Member for Surrey South. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. You know, this government has had five years 
to take on these challenges. And we recognize that it is difficult. However, I wanted on the public record, Mr. Speaker, that the case law, which I believe my friend is referring to, R. V. Zora, talks about the provisions by which uh, prosecutors may ask, may seek, may request the detention of people who uh, may cause harm in our communities. In R. V. Zora, it does allow for prosecutors to bring forward information when it is a matter of public safety or where our justice system may fall into disrepute, that they can ask for dangerous, prolific offenders to be held in custody. And this is no guarantee, but they should be asking because it's a crisis and we can't afford any more inaction. Kenneth Solowan is a prolific offender accused of brutally attacking with a machete two strangers who were loading luggage into a taxi. He has a long criminal record and past weapons charges. But according to the police, and I quote, he was recently granted bail and immediately breached his conditions, end quote. Violent stranger attacks like this should never be just accepted as a fact of life. Yet day after day, we see violence on our streets as prolific offenders are released and then breach bail and probation conditions. The NDP government keeps telling us what they can't do. When will they say what they can do and actually keep British Columbians safe? Minister of Public Safety and Solicitor General. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker. And I'll answer the question from the member and then comment from the, uh, the Leader of the Opposition. I have been outlining all the things that we have been doing and can be doing. Initiatives that police have been asking for that we have been implementing over the last five years. And there's a significant amount of work that's been done. Police have asked for witness protection programs, witness security programs to build stronger cases so that when people do commit violent crimes, they can be put away for a long time. Police have asked for forensic services that have been in place that weren't here, that we have put in place. Police have asked for support teams in communities such as Terrace, such as Kamloops, such as Kelowna, with, it, with, additional, with additional police resources to help deal with the challenges that they face. Mental health teams, the peer-assisted teams, the mental health experts to deal with those complex challenges that we know police face that are more complex than ever. We have done those things. And I know the Leader of the Opposition somehow seems to think that when you go to the federal government to, uh, to talk about the criminal code, oh, that's just a meeting. No, it is not just a meeting. The criminal code, Leader of the Opposition, is the responsibility of the federal government of Canada. And those changes... Members, 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 members. Members, we heard the question. And those Let's changes with the are being sought by British Columbia, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, Quebec, New Brunswick, Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia, Newfoundland, Nunavut, the Northwest Territories, and Yukon. Members, please continue. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. 
So we understand that, if, that, that, that dealing with these issues requires a collaborative approach of local government, the provincial government, and the federal government. And we are going to do everything that we can. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. I think that comment from the opposition says they're not really interested. They're not really interested. But we are, we are, and we will continue every single day doing just our job. Opposition House Leader. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Well, could the gulf between what this government thinks is happening in this province and what is actually happening on the ground be any larger? Talk about a government completely and totally out of touch. The Solicitor General and his colleagues have had almost six years to take action. They've had six years to hold meetings with federal governments to talk about criminal code implications. They've had six years to address what has been a rising challenge of prolific offender attacks that are terrorizing British Columbians. And all that really matters to British Columbians are the results. And the results are that people increasingly do not feel safe in their communities because they aren't safe in their communities. That's on this minister, that's on this government. The catch and release program that the incoming Premier oversaw for five years while being Attorney General has been an unmitigated disaster. And this NDP government is dragging its feet when it comes to something as important and as critical as people's right to feel safe in their communities. When it comes to orchestrating a backroom takeover of the NDP leadership, the incoming Premier acted lightning fast to eliminate from the race a young woman who actually had the temerity to challenge him. So while busy playing politics and stacking the deck in a leadership race, the incoming soft on crime Premier left our streets in chaos and our communities in fear. And the members opposite can laugh. British Columbians are not laughing at all. What is it going to take, what is it going to take for the NDP to take real action to put a person's right to feel safe in their communities above the rights of criminals to reoffend in British Columbia? Minister of Public Safety and Solicitor General. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. Um, first off, for the member's information, the, uh, the changes in terms of the, uh, that we have been talking about, that all provinces are concerned about, took place in 2019. We're now seeing the unintended consequences of those, of those, of those, of those changes. And in terms of the rules and the laws in place, they are exactly the same as when they sat on this side of the House, Honourable Speaker. In fact, the same head of the prosecution service is the person that they appointed, Honourable Speaker. And for five years we have been making investments in policing and support services that they have been asking for, and we will continue to do that, Honourable Speaker. We have increased funding for victim services, Honourable Speaker. Just, just. I hear the uh, Leader of the Opposition talk about victims. You know, Honourable Speaker, oh, here we Members, go. Members, Here we please. go, he says. Here Thank we you. go. So when a young woman is sexually assaulted, when a woman is raped, and they need support services, 
trauma-informed services from experts with the training and know how to deal with these terrible situations. They go to sexual assault centers. And guess what, Honorable Speaker? Did they care about that when they sat on this side of the House? No, they did not. Shame, honorable member. What shame is? What shame is was cutting the funding. Members, what, members. What shame is is what was. Members, you, just hold you it. Cut, you cut the funding. You cut. You cut the funding. You cut the funding for those centers that serve victims, honorable member. that funding, Honourable Speaker. We restored that funding to make sure that funding is available right across the province. Honourable Speaker, we know what needs to be done at the provincial level in terms Members, members, wait for your turn, please. Mr. Volkanti. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. We've been working with local governments, we've been working with police forces, we've been working with communities on what needs to be done. We also know that their work needs to be done with the federal government and we are going to continue doing it until we get the changes that we need that will keep straight streets in this province safe. Opposition House, House Leader, Supplemental. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Well, the, the prevalence of violent random attacks have never been worse in British Columbia than they are right now under this government. That's, that's on this government. And if the, if the Solicitor General, if the Solicitor General uh, is going to stand up again and say, well, it didn't actually become a problem until 29, why in God's name didn't you take action three years ago? Why didn't you take action back in 2019? Member, through the chair. The fact of the matter is, it's getting worse and worse by the day in this province. And everything that this government has tried, Mr. Speaker, has failed. And the answer that the Solicitor General just gave it, it typifies this blame everyone but themselves approach, uh, which they are now becoming well known for on this file and many others. Now, the fact of the matter is, this government has ignored a whole range of actions, solutions, ideas that we have brought forward that have been informed by mayors, informed by law enforcement and others, such as issuing policy directives to the prosecution service and assigning dedicated Crown Counsel to prolific offenders. But clearly, the NDP are hung up on their ideology. They haven't taken action on these. It's been talk, talk, meeting, meeting, talk, talk, and more meetings. It starts with the soon-to-be Premier who wrote the handbook called How to Sue the Police. Yeah, that was helpful. That was helpful. He even opposed the successful BC Liberal Prolific Offender Management Program that informs best practices, calling it, quote, aggressive policing tactics, end quote. That's the incoming Premier's view of that. And what else did the incoming Premier say? He said, and I quote, it's time to wean police from our taxes because crime is at, a low and, uh, is, is at low and acceptable levels, end quote. That's your new leader. These are the views of the soon-to-be Premier of British Columbia. When will this NDP government abandon the soft-on-crime approach of this incoming uh, uh, Premier and end his catch-and-release program? Yeah. 
That's not very smart. Members, please just hold it, Minister. When the question is asked, please take a pause. Let's listen to the answer. Thank Minister you. for Community Safety. Speaker, um, I do find it interesting when the uh, members of the opposition uh, want to talk about a leadership race when they should go back and look at the uh, last leadership race that they yeah, just had. And the fact, the fact, the fact, the fact, the fact that they're winning candidates. Members. Members, are we going to continue like this and waste our time? If not, let's proceed with proper question and answer period. Minister Their winning candidate couldn't stick to the spending rules, Honourable Speaker. <laughs> Members, the chair can hear both sides and chair can decide what's appropriate and not. You don't have to tell me, please. Minister will continue. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker. I guess uh, when the, uh, the member uh, stood up to ask that question, the facts um, really uh, triggered him because that was their record when they were on this side of the House, Honourable Speaker. They cut funding for sexual assault centres. They cut funding for victim services. They cut funding to the support services that people need, that police rely, know that there are experts out there that can put in place to help them when they're doing a very difficult job. We want changes that will make sure that those engaged in violent crime go behind or kept off our streets where they belong, Honourable Speaker. That's why the ministers in Halifax talk about and want action on things so that we can have a reverse onus not just on those who use weapons, such as a gun, but who use knives, for example, or use bear spray, or other, or other things that will... Exactly, Honourable Member. That's what we want done. That's done at the Criminal Code of Canada, Honourable Speaker. That's what we are determined to ensure takes place. That's why we are working with the federal government on those changes, along with other provinces. And that's why we're putting in place the initiatives that we have done since we took office five years ago to ensure that police have the tools they need to do the job. Opposition House Leader, second supplemental. Thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. Well, the difference between their leadership race and our race is we actually had multiple candidates running for our leadership. Six, six, six to be exact, uh, seven candidates. And, Mr. Speaker, while I think all British Columbians uh, have always known that the fix was in on, on this NDP leadership race, I'll tell you this much. As, as someone with three daughters, I am shocked and appalled that not only did they disqualify a young woman who stepped forward, they are smearing her, smearing her every day moving forward. That's appalling. And every member over there should be ashamed of that. What is, what is, what is so funny? Uh, members. Members. You bend yourself like pretzels to remove a young woman from your leadership race who's out-organized and signed up more memberships than your, your soon-to-be incoming premier. And now, you're, and now you're smearing her. Unbelievable. What a reflection of the members opposite. $10 bills. Remember that? No, no disqualification there. Member, you're heckling yeah. your own member. <laughs> I know that. I know that. So members, let's hear the question, please. 
Mr. Speaker, at a time at a time when people need to have trust in their leaders to take on big challenges, it's clear that the incoming Premier has a massive cloud over his head. British Columbians are going to be led by a soft-on-crime former Attorney General who abandoned public safety and by an NDP that has abandoned democracy. When the former Attorney General spent the last year scheming his takeover of their leadership race and the elimination of all opponents from said race, what he wasn't doing was his job, and that was keeping British Columbians safe. Six months, we have called for action from this government, which I've mentioned in a previous uh, question, which wasn't answered by the, by the Solicitor General. And yet, this government refuses to take action, and British Columbians continue to be assaulted and attacked. People stabbed, people struck in the head with steel pipes, women being followed into their apartments and being assaulted, prolific offenders being released over and over and over again, and then reoffending, sometimes only a couple hours after their release. This madness has to stop. When will this NDP government abandon the soft-on-crime approach of the incoming Premier and put the public's right to safety above the rights of criminals to reoffend? Minister of Public Safety. Thank you, uh, Attorney. Uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. Um, you know, Honourable Speaker, our uh, new Premier-to-be is going to come into this House and he is going to do the same... Um, he's going to bring the same commitment that he showed when he took office as Attorney General. Um, I want members, members, please continue and set in place the body, the commission, that brought back a report into the unmitigated failure of the previous government when it came to money laundering in this province. Members, members, let. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. Money laundering that led to unmitigated organized crime, drug dealing, trafficking, all of the kinds of things that it fueled because they. Members, 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 have the courtesy to listen, please. All of you, both sides. Continue. Money laundering fuels organized crime, honorable member. It's that simple. What part of that equation don't you understand? Honorable Speaker, honorable Speaker, honorable Speaker, the Lepard Butler Report, the Lepard Butler Report, again, which the Attorney General commissioned with the 28 recommendations. As soon as that report has been received, Three of those recommendations are being acted on, including the one that they criticize, Honourable Speaker, which is the, the, the Repeat Offender Management Program, Honourable Speaker. Thank you. He's committed, he's committed to it going ahead. That's why it's going ahead, Honourable Speaker. Members, take it easy, please. Please. Mr. Thank you, Speaker. So those recommendations are being implemented. 
the changes that we are seeking at the federal level by the, uh, to the criminal code. We are all united um, on this side of the House, and I would hope by that side of the House, to make sure that they get done. The tools that police have been asking for, for the last five years that we have implemented, have been initiatives that this government have put in place, Honourable Speaker, and we are going to continue to do that. They're upset that we have a leader, Honourable Speaker, who's going to carry on the good work of, premier, of our Premier. Leader of the third party. Leader of the third party has the floor. Please. Uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. And, and I hear the opposition talk about actions, solutions, and ideas. And I think about two, over two years ago when we brought the proposal to bring psychologists into MSP and incorporate them into primary care, and how much that would have helped to meet the needs of people over the last two years if it had happened. Free prescription contraception, biodiversity legislation, an end to old growth logging, the renter's rebate, a medical school at SFU meeting our climate change accountability targets, stopping Site C, affordable housing, police reform, pay equity, community health centers, a review of fracking. These are just some of this government's promises, promises made in election after election, promises made by the Premier, by the Ministers, by backbenchers, promises made to the public and not delivered on. After nearly six years, I think the members opposite need to ask themselves what they stand for. They called a snap election, they got the majority they wanted so badly, they have all this power, and they're not demonstrating the courage to deliver they should look to the three years that Dave Barrett was in power for an example of courageous leadership. Through you, Honourable Speaker, to the Premier, after so many broken promises, why should British Columbians trust this government? Minister of Public Safety and Solicitor General. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker, and I, I thank the, uh, the member for, for her question. Um, because this government has done absolutely amazing work over the last five years. Whether it's whether 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 you know what, honourable speaker, for a a young family, uh, young parents with young children um, who want to. Uh, you know, have childcare and cheaper childcare, more affordable childcare than ever existed under under when they were on that side of the house, Honourable Speaker. That's pretty amazing, Honourable Speaker. When when when, when people when members, people were concerned members, please. about MSP premiums, Honourable Speaker, and how much they impacted the family budget and doing away with those, that's pretty amazing, Honourable Speaker. When people, struggling, when people were struggling with car insurance that was going up and up and up, and members on the other side 
when reports came out said, oh, it's going to go up. And they, oh, no, 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 it's not going up. Just before an election, the national election, they jacked the rates up, and all of a sudden we are able to give them an insurance in car insurance that is significantly 20% cheaper than it was before. That's pretty amazing. We bring together a climate action plan that's the best in this country, Honourable Speaker. That's pretty amazing. Leader of third party supplemental. Please continue. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. When this government was in opposition, they used to rave about the need for more honesty and transparency. <laughs> now this legislature is shrouded in secrecy. This government says one thing and does another, and in compromising the trust of the public, they are perilously close to disavowing democracy itself. They have passed restrictive. They have passed restrictive FOI legislation. They have threatened to revoke the party status of their opposition. Lobbyists are embedded in their party infrastructure. The Canadian Association of Journalists gave this government the Code of Silence Award for its dedication to denying transparency, openness, and the public's right to know. Less transparency, less trust, more corporate influence. This is not the party that they sold themselves as to British Columbians. Through you, Honourable Speaker, to the Premier, in his own words, how would he describe a healthy democracy? Deputy Premier. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. And I thank the, uh, the member for uh, her question. A healthy democracy um, recognizes the, uh, the injustice that was done uh, when they took office in 2001 and refused to recognize Two people. They were so scared of two people, Honourable Speaker, when they had 77 seats, they would not even recognize them as official. And, and, when, we, and when we took office, Honourable Speaker, members. Members, members, member, is member for Surrey White Rock asking a question? Take your time. Please. Thank you, Thank you. Speaker. And when we took office in 2017, we corrected that. I made official party status for when there are two individuals that allowed that member and her colleagues to become an official party in this way. The bell and the question period.